0: All right, Pastor Rob, I gotta get this in before you do. It's my choice today. Can I guess? You can guess. Cheers. Nope.
1: Oh! Believe it or not, George isn't at home. <laughs>
0: Or not, George isn't at home. That is awesome. <laughs> I love that one. That is such a good one. So that comes from the theme song to the Great, the Great American Hero. We were We were diving into Seinfeld also, and when George uses that as his answering machine, which yeah. is just a classic episode. It's so good. You know, thinking about a Great American Hero, when I looked it up, I don't remember a single episode. Like, I, I, I saw his, his suit, his curly blonde hair, and, and he it could all came land, back. And he could never land smoothly, right? But y- that was kind of his shtick. Yes, yeah, yeah. But I couldn't. I couldn't think of a single episode. It made me want to go back and. Oh, uh, I, I can't remember. I, I got to YouTube this thing. Like, who was who was the bad guy, the antagonist in this? It, was there one? I don't remember. Was there a different one every, every episode, or was he fighting a constant? I don't bad know. Guy? I don't know. I just wanna. Uh, I want more of Great American Hero now. That is such a good... It,
1: that's <laughs> up there in the top five. It's it got to be. It, it's definitely up there. Which
0: the is why five. I wanted to use it. We'd already talked about it, but yeah. I wanted to get it in since we go back and forth on, on giving them. So, well my name is Pastor Joel. This is Pastor Rob. This is Rob and Joel's podcast where we explore Brian McLaren's fantastic book, We Make the Road by Walking. Um, and this week we are on chapter... Ten. ten. Yes, 10. Chapter 10, um, which is titled... <laughs> <laughs> we have all the I's dotted and D's crossed, right? Yeah, we're really knocking them dead here. Getting
1: slavery out of out people. Out of the people.
0: So we, um, chapter 9 was all about the Moses story, um, including Moses in the burning bush and... The Exodus out of Egypt. And now um, we are out of Egypt, and Moses and the Hebrews are wandering. Um, And this scripture is about Exodus chapter 20, which Brian is... um, The main text for Brian's chapter is on Ten Commandments. Yep. Um, So we usually start with scripture and then dive into Brian's brian's thoughts and reflections um any initial thoughts on on the scripture yeah i was thinking i don't have a lot since they're so kind of well known in some ways but um it's not a story it's more of a
1: yeah the story that leads up to them is pretty cool yeah um israel is complaining Right along this journey, it is not an easy journey. Yes, uh, they're hungry, they're thirsty, they're tired. I'm sure their back hurt, their feet hurt, um, and it yep. it was so rough at times that it, they would very understandably complain. Things like, you know, at least in Egypt, you know, we had food, yeah, we had drink, yeah, we we knew we, there was going to be a roof over our heads.
0: Was this really worth
1: it? Is this is this worth it? This yep. this. Years and years and years uh, worth of journeying from Egypt back to Canaan. Yep. Uh, and along that journey, they complained. And, you know, so there, there becomes kind of like this cycle. They would complain to Moses. Moses would then voice their complaints to God. God would respond through Moses. Yep. And along the way, then, um, they were hungry. So God started providing manna. Yep. Um, and then, uh, they were thirsty at different points. So Moses would, in one great story, Moses
0: struck a rock with his staff and Mm -hmm. water came gushing forth. things like that. Yep. There's even that, that great scene with Moses. Um, it says that he is, um, sitting in a chair all day and people bring their complaints to him and he tries to deal with them all day. And his father-in-law Jethro, it's actually a a great story says, you're going to, you're going to burn out doing this. You need. It's almost a model. I need to
1: reread that story. I don't know that story. It's that well.
0: also a model of of small group ministry in mm-hmm. some ways.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: When I was uh, um, uh, my home church in Connecticut, my associate pastor, uh, who I was close with him in, in college, he he said, "This is a great example of small group ministry. You can't have the Moses model is one person doing it all. Instead." You train up leaders, and those leaders are leaders to small groups of people mm-hmm. um, and so something that we are mm-hmm. are slowly dipping our feet in that water of yep. um, that small group ministry um, uh, and then it leads to them to Moses walking up to um, the mountain mm-hmm. um, that great image of him of him walking into this this dark wow. cloud, and there is Uh, lightning um, God is in this cloud is there lightning in that cloud is there lightning I don't know maybe there is it's described at the very least as this kind of dark ominous stormy cloud cloud. yes and only Moses
1: is allowed to go in and he goes up well the people don't want to go in either I mean they're
0: Quaking in their boots. Yes. They're terrified. Yes. It's it's a bull fan. I yeah, think. Yes. it's definitely a bull yes. fan. Yes. They're looking at that cloud saying, uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> yeah, uh uh-uh. uh. Go for it, Moses. <laughs> Again, <laughs> you be, Moses, you go. <laughs> you be the sucker. You go and do it for us. Yes. Yep. Yep. And goes in and then comes down um, with uh, the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And so what Brian <laughs> begins to talk about is
1: like the way out of slavery you know, uh, along this Exodus journey, it has been just brutal The people didn't really know where they were or where they were going. Um, and so the wilderness can, you know, symbolize for us today, you know, those times when we feel lost, the times we don't know where we're going, the times we're not sure even necessarily who we really are yes. or who's we really are. Yep. Um, yeah. And so when Brian brings in that whole notion of slavery, you know, and, and what actually has hold of us, what actually will not let us go, our yes. fears, our anxieties, but we'll get into it later, more and more yeah. and more. I mean, there's a lot to this wilderness journey and the the notion that the Ten Commandments could be the vessel out. Yeah. Of yep. that, I thought was just beautiful because I, most he, of the time we come to the Ten Commandments yeah. as strictly prohibitions. Absolutely, right? It is God the party pooper.
0: I I loved what Brian said about yeah about that the that the commandments were the way to get slavery out, out of, of the people. The people. Yeah, that was oh profound. Gosh, never heard it like that. Before. I, I'd
1: always you know in seminary we're taught that the law was always intended not as you know. Handcuffs around God's people. The law was always intended to to help the people live into the fullness of life God intends. Uh-huh. But through our all too human perspective, yeah. it, when we live in the worldly values, when the law pushes us to selflessness, and the world keeps saying go towards self centeredness, yeah. you know, all of a sudden the law does seem very restrictive because the law is actually very much oriented to other. The law orients you to God first, to other second. Yep. Whereas the world keeps trying to get you to orient yourself towards yourself. You know, it's very egocentric.
0: Absolutely.
1: Um, uh, and so we come, uh, well, I mean, be personal. I come to the Ten Commandments <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, Dak, this can be tough. Because you know, if we're being honest with ourselves, I mean, we we all break these suckers. Mm-hmm. I mean, we all uh put many things oftentimes before God. Yeah. You know, we worship we worship things. We worship money. Yes. Right? All the time. We worship football. No. I mean, talk about a Sunday morning. About I love my Philadelphia Eagles. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but, I mean, there is a Sunday morning sacred culture going on Abs- throughout America absolutely. on Sunday mornings that um, has nothing to do with God. Yes.
0: Yes. Um, so the commandment is all about building an idol, the, the golden calf yeah, that they build. Yeah, we, and we take that and we pull that string and we yeah. can see the amount of idols that what do we bow down and worship and yep. put before God. We envy our neighbors things. I mean, that, mm-hmm. it's
1: what keeping up with the Joneses is all about. It's yep. what it's what drives capitalism. It frankly. does. Yeah. It, it is the engine that drives capitalism.
0: It's, it's the heart of our. Uh, of our country in in some way, you know, of (laughs) the desire for more. So, right. And so, first
1: of all, when when we have, if we, so if we're going to take an honest look at the commandments, we have to own the fact that we do view these as restrictive. And then the second thing I think we have to own is that we fail. Yeah. I mean, there's these 10 central rules uh, that God says, Hey, if you can orient yourself to God and to others, you are on the path
0: of fullness. Yeah. And well, yet we struggle with ten, with just the 10. Yep. Well, and over the last couple years, I've been thinking and reading more about Sabbath. Oh, and, that's a great one. And just my need to take Sabbath and how I've slowly had to reframe my day off as not just a day off, but a Sabbath, a rest from work. And to see it as that. And how I... I love how some. I read this in a book where someone said um, that, uh, especially when we get to the commandment to keep the Sabbath day, that it, we see it more as a suggestion <laughs> <laughs> than an encouragement, right? I mean, than a commandment. I'm sorry. We like it's a suggestion. If you can take it off, <laughs> you know. But really, that's hilarious. But really, you know, yeah, we're we're. It, it's way down the list uh compared to obviously murder and all that kind of stuff you know um but uh when you um at least yeah, keeping f- around really. for, yeah for me in my life i can tell in my own soul when i am not taking a sabbath um and Amen and it can well, start to, to do you, some damage to me. It does. It does great
1: damage to us. It does damage to us individually and I think it does damage to us culturally. It it fosters the mentality of more.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, more work is a good thing. More consumption is a good thing. Yeah. Um more more more, not rest not renewal, not refocusing, not, um, restoration. Yeah. Uh, just, uh, the notion that you can keep running a race and never take time off to rest or refuel is, is laughable. And yet that's culturally and by and large, you know, personally for me too. I mean, it's, it's something I struggle with. Yeah. Um, but to give credit where credit is due, and just lift this up for for other folks, you you have started doing what I think is a great practice where you even in your email have the tagline that says, "Hey, yeah, you know, I'm glad you emailed me, but I'm taking Sabbath, you know, between <laughs> here and there, and so I'm not going to
0: necessarily get your email until my Sabbath is done. Yep, um, or I might not respond unless it's a absolute I think emergency. That's, yeah, that's great, and that is, and I'll, and I'll say that is there. Um, for those who email me, but it's also there for me Mm -hmm. as a reminder. I need to keep seeing it to remind myself, no, I get one day where I get to fully take a break from work and just simply be and figure out for myself what it means to rest. And I'm still working on that. And that's hard and where I am in life with Two the small two, kids yeah. and chores at home, and what does rest look like? And so I'm always, yeah. I'm always trying to figure that out, but um, I'm actively trying to figure that out. I Th- applaud you. You're, you're, it is, it is something you're
1: actively practicing, and I would say very confessionally, it is something that at times I have tried to practice, mm-hmm. and yet Sabbath is so. Countercultural, yep. and I just flat out suck at it. Mm-hmm. Um, that <laughs> it's something I try and try and try, and then it's like, ah,
0: yeah.
1: Uh, I'll turn around, and like two months have gone by, and I haven't even <laughs> like I haven't thought about like. Yeah. And part of it too, just to own it, is our profession. Uh-huh. I mean, yeah. we really don't have a profession with many truly truly off days yes Mm -hmm. Uh, and that's not a complaint at all Mm -hmm. it's just a limitation it's just how it is so so to be clear though there's no you know just for for our whole audience there's nothing scripturally that says sabbath has to be a sunday either or sabbath has to be a saturday
0: so if you work
1: weekends if you work nights if you work a weird schedule pastors certainly work a weird schedule you know it would be crazy for you to call um you know that day of rest sunday i mean that's yeah probably our most stressful day of the week i mean yeah. we love it we we get to be with
0: you know all mm-hmm. the people
1: mm-hmm. uh, of the church and it's a great blessing
0: but yep. i mean yep that, that's not rest we have a lot to learn from our jewish brothers and sisters Amen. who take this so seriously i was reading a book um, recently called subversive Sabbath that was excellent looking for I't know where it is right now mm. um, and the author was talking about being in Jerusalem mm. on the Sabbath and he would say, um, on Friday night at five o'clock, there was this this just rush you could feel it in the streets, this rush to get back home before sundown mm. um To start the Sabbath, but this kind of, but he saw it as this, this, um, this uh, like desire. There was this expectancy with it. People were, I got to get home because it starts, and uh, they're fulfilling a commandment. But at the same time, they need they know they need it. They're being given permission to shut down and rest, to light a candle, to share a meal with family, um, to tell the story that they always tell um so there was something kind of ooh, i like that and when you begin to do it when you begin to taste it
1: and realize just how hungry you are for it yes that's yeah yes so the idea i bet uh for for the observant um hebrew in jerusalem to not observe sabbath would be you know well, traumatic's way overstating it, but mm-hmm. but but a painful, but a painful notion. Yep. yep. Uh, and here, it's a- actually inverse. I mean, it can be downright hard to say, "Oh, I'm not going to do anything today." Yes. I mean
0: that that feels uncomfortable. Absolutely. I'm not, well, oh, I'm just not going to do anything today. And that's and that's the the challenge of Sabbath is figuring out what does it mean to you to rest. Yeah. It's going to be different for everybody. It doesn't
1: have to be sitting still.
0: No. Like for some, like for me it is, if I can be physically active and get to the gym or whatever it is, that can be a a, a piece of Sabbath for me.
1: Yeah. But But God knows we know need it. You know, God knows how much we need that, which is why it is a commandment. I would also just add that it's the one commandment that gets explained. Yeah. Right. I mean, I mean, this is not,
0: eh, don't
1: murder. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> don't murder is basically a three-word command, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then
0: the command to observe Sabbath is a full paragraph. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's 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 jump into chapter 10. Um, so what spoke to you in chapter 10? You're asking so, me this time, yeah. huh? Multiple pieces spoke to me. Um so we, we, I think, can dive more into what he talked about on the wilderness journey. I loved that. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, we did a little bit on the commandments. Um, uh, top of page 42, Brian says, So we have much to learn from the stories of Moses and his companions. We, too, remember that the road to freedom doesn't follow a straight line from point A to point B. Instead, it zigzags and backtracks through a discomfort zone of lack, delay, distress, and strain. In those wild places, characters formed the personal and social character needed for people to enjoy freedom and aliveness. Yeah. And so, thinking about wilderness moments, and this being the wilderness moment, uh, one of many, but literally the wilderness for the Israelites. Um, uh, instead of a kind of maybe just a, a reading where we say well why are they still out there why hasn't god brought them there yet what is what the going heck, on god? yes seriously to this oh no this is this is where deep character is being formed through a very difficult moment and so it got me thinking about my wilderness moments in life mm. um, and um. Uh, when I've looked back on them, um, and, and and Brian has a good a good section where he, he says we 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 have the choice. I'm trying to think. Oh yeah, the the struggles will make us either bitter or better. Mm-hmm. The trials will lead to either breakdown or breakthrough. And so there is there is this um, decision. Or, or kind of direction you have to choose to go in during those. But when I look back on those, those couple of those moments have been the biggest, you could say, spiritual transformation moments for me when I went through kind of wilderness wilderness season and felt during it in the middle of it, it's horrible. It is horrible. It's horrible. It's um Is it horrible or is it horrible? <laughs> um <laughs> It's horrible. It's horrible. Did I say horrible? He did. All right. It's horrible. Let's say it again. It was, though. It was. Yeah. It, it, it was. Um, in all but, seriousness, But if you get through
1: wilderness, it. Wilderness, wilderness, the moments of nobody wants the wilderness.
0: And you can't. It's horrible. And you can't kind of say, I'm going into a wilderness journey in a figurative way. You just you, find yourself there. You find yourself in there and life will push you into that moment. And it's yeah. pretty much inevitable. Yeah, you,
1: and, and that's it. You you just look up at one point, and you're Here surrounded by the metaphorical trees.
0: Here I am. And
1: you have no idea how you got in, and you have no idea how the heck you're going to get out. Yep. Um, but, but you're there, and you feel lost, and um, community feels farther away. Yep. Uh, and God
0: feels farther away. Yep. Yeah. 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 And that's why the um the imagery of Jesus in the Lenten Journey uh is fantastic, where God seems and is fairly absent in in those stories right after baptism. Um instead he's being in the Jesus story he's being uh tempted by Satan and Matthew. Uh I think Mark says he is um Uh, What does it say? Uh, Surrounded by, oh gosh, uh, what's the Mark version? Um, Angels and demons? Is that it? Or I have to look it up. Um, I don't think he's surrounded by angels and demons. No. But there isn't this kind of perfect picture of God's presence when Jesus is in the wilderness, Um, it feels absent.
1: Yeah, there's, there is, uh, There is Jesus doesn't interact with God in the wilderness. Mm-hmm. Not until the very end when angels come to feed him or, mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah. 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 It's isolation. Yep. And even, and so for those experiencing, you know, will, not wilderness wanderings in, in the form of the desert or uh, the forest, you know, you can be surrounded by people and still feel completely and utterly alone.
0: Yeah, yeah. Mm. There's um, uh, one of R- Richard Rohr's, the Franciscan priest that I've already mentioned multiple times, and I'm just going to keep mentioning him throughout yeah, this podcast. He? He's, he's awesome. he says that um, we primarily come to God through either great love or great suffering. Mm. Uh, and in my own journey. That's been fairly true. Mm. I've had moments where experienced great love, and that pointed me um, to God in a transforming, profound way. And then I've had moments where um, I was in great suffering, and that also pointed me to God. In, that in the moment. moment, or or after? Um, well, I was clinging to God in the moment. Are you? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Looking back, it it looking back, it it connected me to God moving forward mm-hmm. after the moment. But in the moment, sometimes all you can do is just cling and trust and hope. Mm. Um uh and that that's probably true faith in the moment. It is it's absolutely true faith, you know.
1: I think it's also though true faith to be in the midst of the wilderness and to into question, to to lament, to to yeah. voice anger, doubt, confusion.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Where the where the hell are you, God? Sure. You know? yep. Um and and in a very real way that's clinging. Absolutely. That's clinging. That is God.
0: clinging. That's the thing. It doesn't feel like it is, yeah. but it actually is. Because yeah. you're still, I think, being open to to God in that moment. Yeah, you know, the one thing that I would I would add, I
1: <clears throat> it, it's an issue of theodicy, which is a fancy theological word for you know why why do bad things happen? Mm-hmm. Where is God in the midst of suffering? Um, I absolutely believe, you know, that Brian is correct that our wilderness and our sufferings are pathways by which we, you know, we do make choices, and in the end, you know, the, we can grow from those moments of pain and suffering. Yep. But at the same time, I would just want to add mm-hmm. that that is different from the idea that God is actually on purpose making you suffer.
0: Absolutely. Um, yep.
1: And that needs to be shared. Yeah, so... Yep. Uh, and we both fully believe And I know you statement. do, right? Yes. Uh, so th- it's not that suffering is redemptive. It's not... God doesn't want us to suffer, I don't believe. Mm-hmm. I, I mean... But that's not to say that the suffering um, itself cannot l- still lead us uh, to to better, healthier,
0: fuller places. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. Well said. So how about you? What did you— um, I, I love the whole—I
1: had never thought of taking the slavery out of people. So when I read the chapter, I was like, huh? Mm-hmm. I mean, I figured I would get the gist of it by the end. And of course, he does such a great job explaining it. I did. But, um,
0: well, and how he, how his interpretation of the Ten Commandments, and how a couple of them, I noted a few of them, how he connects them um, exactly exactly to the Hebrews' liberation. yeah. And so we we read the Ten Commandments as something that we can fully extract from the book of Exodus, and in some ways we can. But he absolutely puts them in that context, which I thought was really was really great. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Yeah, so I, I love them.
1: And this would be a great way of just reading the Ten Commandments, just mm-hmm. period. Mm-hmm. It speaks so much better <laughs> to us today. Than, it
0: does, yeah.
1: Um, the ancient words, yeah. So it, at the same time, but um, I also wrote down uh, is that in a lot of ways, uh, when we kind of already got into this, though the whole the whole notion that slavery is 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 in us, you know the the. Mm-hmm. Uh, we may not be slaves, but greed, ego, yep. um insecurity uh there's all these forces at work, yeah, trying to mm-hmm. enslave us, and frankly, there are absolutely moments when we fall prey to 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 these real forces, you know mm-hmm. we give in to the greed, we give in to the our insecurities. We give into um, we give into envy, in uh, the whole idea that what God ultimately wants for us. I mean, this is the, he, he. It feels like he's the first nine chapters were so beautifully written to set up chapter ten. After uncovering, you know, that that really what Passover is, is a meal of freedom, like Mm -hmm. this whole theme of freedom, that that the law is really, truly about helping us live as freely as we possibly can. Not not just freedom from tyrants and rulers, but freedom from pressures and uh, forces that
0: sometimes the external world puts on us, but a lot of times we just put on ourselves. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it connects to the phrase he uses a lot of um, uh, uh, becoming alive. Yeah. Alive, alive. in this, in uh, being fully alive, alive in the story of Jesus, alive in the story of God. Are you alive, Joel? I think I am.
1: Good.
0: Now that we got that figured out. <laughs> thanks, Rob. Uh, all right. Our handles are Facebook and Twitter, uh, Facebook and uh, Instagram.
1: Yeah, at Towson Prez, mm-hmm. Facebook, at Towson Prez uh, Instagram. Uh, friend us, like us if you like the podcast. Uh, we're grateful you are listening. Um, you can explore more at TowsonPrez.org as well. I'm Rob, he's Droll.
0: We'll be back next week. Until then... We'll see you next week. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what to say.